gather around the lamp and Aston Villa podcast. If at first you don't succeed, come back next year and try again. Aston Villa celebrates the pleasure of promotion to the Premier League. Well, as soon as Jack Greenwich was made captain, the script was written. Him lifting the Championship trophy, getting his boyhood club to the Premier League. He will always be Aston Villa's Jack Greenwich. Hi guys, something a bit different for you this week. Rather than a fully-fledged podcast with me and Mark, uh, we're actually going to be posting the full audio of Christian Perslow's question and answer session in Minnesota with some of the American Lions clubs. Uh, you know, he details things about uh, the position the club was in last year, the club's transfer activity this season, as well as much, much more. A uh, big thank you to Mark for actually getting us this audio. Um, as always if you enjoyed it please like and subscribe and give us a rating or a comment on whatever platform you're listening on um, follow us on twitter at Villa Lamp follow us on facebook forward slash under a gaslit lamp and at under a gaslit lamp on instagram um, the full written transcript of this question and answer session is available on under a gaslit lamp.com I hope you enjoy it guys and thank you for listening Brother. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together. Mr. Preston. So uh, on behalf of uh, Minnesota United Christian, welcome to Minnesota, welcome to the Twin Cities. Uh, you must be incredibly excited to be here in the Twin Cities. Well firstly let me say thank you to you too. It's um, we're absolutely thrilled, honoured that uh, your club chose us as your uh, partners for this great pre-season event and I'm absolutely proud as Punch to be here tonight and uh, looking forward to the game and absolutely blown away by this turnout. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. It's absolutely unbelievable. I'm a bit of 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 a so I've got to ask you, obviously, you have a, a glistening CV with the likes of, of Chelsea and Liverpool and whatnot. What attracted you to Aston Villa, or need I ask? Listen, my life started on September the 3rd, 2019. Yeah. It's, it's never, I never, ever uh, could have imagined what a, what a fantastic honour it is to work at Aston Villa Football Club and in the nine or ten months since I've been here just to um, experience the depth and the just the profound sense of identity that, that Aston Villa has for its all its stakeholders, players, its management and most importantly its fans. So um, I'm very pleased to be here. I, I, uh, you know, we've got a lot to do. And it's going to take a bit of time to do it, but we started and, and we intend to see that job through. Aston Villa, quite rightly so, have a, a staggering worldwide reputation. Is yes. that what really sets them apart from most, or is there something else that you've noticed over the last 10 months or so? Well, I get asked that a lot. I, I, listen, I'm a 55-year-old English football nutter, okay? And, uh, and, and, for the first 44 years of my life, I was exactly the same as everyone in this room. I was just a football fanatic uh, going about my daily life. And, and I had, you know, an affinity, an affinity with, with another team for those 44 years. But when you work in the sport, 
it changes. And um, to have the chance to come here, you know, anyone who loves English football and is a student of English football knows that the club is in a tiny group of legendary, world-famous institutions that, that go to the very heart and history of, of the identity of English football. And so I um, felt that from the outside, but when I came onto the inside, it was staggering just how, um, how the, it just sort of seeps through everybody. The club is full of people with huge long service to the club. They've all got great stories to tell. Um, it's, it's obvious everyone here knows what I'm referring to. I think probably the, the, the fact that we have that unique place in history in terms of organising league football. I think where we sit in the country, right in the heart of the country, dominating uh, the region in which we play. And even our enemies would admit that. And um, that's different, you know, I worked in London and London is shared by lots of clubs and, and, and our great northern football cities are often shared by clubs and yeah, I think I think Villa stands as this fantastic institution in the Midlands of, of Great Britain and um, we, all, we are all proud to represent that and to be abroad with Aston Villa, which is the first time I've done this, is just, uh, just proves the point. Uh, it's safe to say the new ownership group are committed, they put a lot of money into Aston Villa and more, from what we understand, will be coming as well in terms of players and whatnot over the course of the next couple of months. What has it been like working with the new ownership group? Well, I'm really glad you mentioned them because, um, you know, I have some experience of working for different owners and, um, and I have strong opinions on what it means to own English football clubs. And let's just say, you know, um, that's probably the reason to answer your first question why I'm here, because it was obvious to me when uh, Nasef and Wes uh, reached out to me and asked whether I'd be interested in joining them in this, in this fantastic plan, um, that they had what it took to, to frankly pass the test I apply to owners. I'm pretty fussy um, about what it takes to be a great owner. And, it isn't actually all about financial commitment, although, although um, it's no longer viable, I think, to have top football clubs with owners who aren't willing to, to commit financially. But it's the extent to which they want to do it the right way, the extent to which they understand this is a wonderful institution that has to be handled carefully, professionally, and trying to do, trying to do the things the right way, because Another thing about Aston Villa, it's always had this image in English football. It's a classy football club. It's an excellent football club. It stands for the right things in football. And that's very, very important to me. Um, so, so I think we have, we have owners who are patient, who are unbelievably experienced around sport, uh, who are willing to uh, support Dean myself, our sporting director, in rebuilding the club. I think we all know that was what we needed to do. Yeah. Um, yes. I could not be, honestly, I could not feel in, in, in better hands. A level of support at every level, personally, professionally, financially. And I know if Dean was sitting here, he would agree with me. We feel we've got people who want us to do it the right way and yes. will support us. Yes. By the way, by the way, 
Festival boys for coming to the game tonight. You get a chance, give them a little thank you. Honestly, honestly, I mean, this is the last time I'm going to look back for the next 20 years, but those of you who don't follow these things closely, last July, our football club could not make a £4.1 million bill to HMRC, the UK tax authorities. Okay? We were, that is the definition of bankruptcy. Bankrupt. And if these two guys hadn't put 60 million quid in very quickly, our club would have been liquidated. One of the founders of English football would have been gone. We'd have been Glasgow Rangers, we'd have been starting again. So that in and itself was a wonderful act. And since then, you all know, we, you, know we, we, you can't change a football club overnight. We have 22 footballers, many of them on very, very heavy contracts. We have, we're in the championship where there's, no, where there's no revenue, TV money in the championship. You know, again, this isn't widely known. The bottom team in the Premier League last year from Sky received 110 million quid first day of the season. The next best team in English football, I top of the championship from the same provider, Sky, for the same right to watch Kelly in England, 2.6 million quid. Come on. Anyone in this room knows you can't run a football club with total TV money of 2.6 million. That's what I walked into. Okay? So, so, you all run your household. You all know if what's coming in isn't anywhere near what's going out, you're losing money. How are you going to pay for that answer? In this case, the owners. So not only did they put all that money in to clear our debts day one, but funded all of last season where we were losing large amounts of money. So they have made massive financial commitment on the nail, no complaints, total support, and we should all be incredibly grateful for that. Now, now, the promised land. We're back in the promised land. And to, be, and to be in the Premier League, the good news is the TV money isn't two and a half million quid, it's a lot more. <laughs> the bad news is, the cost of being in that league in terms of the talent you have to, you have to employ to stay there and to thrive, rises too. But it's fair to say that we're in a completely different place to where we were nine months ago. And I'm incredibly proud and you should all be delighted because the only way is now up. Yeah. Christian, with, uh, with Villa now being back where they rightly belong in the Premier League. I'm intrigued to know your approach now. Is there a club that you're going to look to emulate or is this going to be uniquely Clarence and Group? Well, um... <laughs> yeah, no. I think you were leading the witness a little bit there. Yeah, we're going to copy Birmingham City, actually. Look, the serious, the serious question. Um, the, good, the good thing about getting into the Premier League summer of 2019 with very serious and experienced sports related owners with a pretty experienced chief executive with a hugely experienced head coach in Dean Smith is that you know we don't have to invent the wheel here there are obvious sensible policies and plans to follow um, we 
we've had a bit of a lesson actually in, in terms of what, what we inherited. Um, you know, a, a really clear and coherent player recruitment plan, focusing on younger players who, if they improve in Claret and Blue, become more valuable, not less valuable, either to us or if they move on, rather than people who've seen their best days and where the incentives are entirely against our club. So, so that's really important, and, and uh, we want. So that's number one. Num lower age, lower age, lower age. Number two. Um, we want players who really want to play for Aston Villa. I don't want anybody coming here. Nobody coming here for the money. Coming here for the glory of playing for this great football club and realising what I passionately believe, and you should all be thrilled with what I'm about to say to you. Whether behind the scenes, on the business side of the club, uh, in the coaching and training and preparation department, or on the field, not one person we've reached out to and made offers to join our club in, in the nine months I've been here has said no. But the, the level of interest we have in all aspects of running a good football club, as I say, from commercial, through financial, through training, through preparation, through coaching, management, players, people want to get on board with what we're trying to do here, which is to join you know, a, a club that, when you're at Bill and Park on a Saturday, and you hear and see 42,000 people get behind this team. It is a completely unique experience in British football. And now, and I, and I don't like to use this phrase because it's become very common, but this notion of the sort of big six, outside the big six right now who have huge financial advantages because of all the years they've had the Premier League money and Champions League money, and in some cases, deep pocket owners too. But outside that six, Honestly, if you're a professional footballer wanting to play or trade in British football, where else would you rather play Villa Park for Aston Villa? Yeah. 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 What does that mean? It means we must aspire, we must aspire, probably in the first phase of our new plan, let's call it you know, the first five-year plan, we need to re-establish ourselves right up there in the sort of six, seven, eight, ninth in the Premier League as, as par and... And a cup run. And, and and then outperform that achievement rather than view that. And, and this football and sport is uncertain, but that is the that is the backdrop to the to the strategic plan that, that, that I've agreed with the owners that we must in the first instance complete the rebuild. Nine players left the club in the summer. People say we're buying a lot of players. We have twelve players. So we want to have a competition in every position, dramatically lower average age than what we've had for the last few years, high, high potential footballers whose ability to grow with Miller and grow into their careers is obvious, and recognising you can't build a perfect team in one transfer window. Okay? Firstly, no, every team in world sport, you name a team, you've got your superstars, your stars, you steady eddies, that's the nature of football. You've got to have that right balance. But if you have a common theme that those players are motivated, they're there for the right reasons, they understand who and what Aston Villa is, then you've got a decent chance. And if you have a sensible recruitment policy, strict on the financials, then what I can promise you, the one message to take away from today, we can all talk, you know, one of the things, that's not my job, okay? as Dean's job as a player. My job is to promise you one thing, that by the time I leave, 
financially, the club will be on a footing that can survive another hundred forty years. Okay? Football's full of voice shitters. Say what you want to hear. You know full well. I don't kick the ball. I don't kick the team. But what I can do is ensure, with NASA from West support, that the club is on a sensible, long-term, sustainable footing with a team playing the right way. We won't win every week, but it's going to be fantastic to watch. But where the club's financial health will never again be put in such a as That's my job, and that's my pledge for you. Let's talk about Dean Smith, shall we? It's safe to say it's great to have a Villa fan as the Villa manager. Yeah. But when you were going through the process, what really made him the right man for such a gargantuan job? Well, that's the question I get asked most. Um, he was he was a standout candidate because um, I think probably four things. So we felt we felt strongly that we wanted a, we wanted a coach who was committed to playing football the right way and um, we wanted a, a coach who was intimately acquainted with who and what Aston Villa is. We wanted a coach who had a track record in developing and improving young players and we wanted a coach who we felt had the potential to grow rather than the coach who was a, shall we say, his best days were behind him. Dinosaurs. And, um, <laughs> and when, he, when I met when I met him, he told me to say this because it was he. He said, um, he said, I bet it didn't do me any harm that I agreed to come for the interview at half ten at night, which is absolutely true. <laughs> <laughs> so literally, there was a short list of four or five candidates, and um, and he got the call. You know, would you be interested in interviewing Aston Villa? And he said, yeah, tonight. <laughs> I swear to God, I swear to God, Dean Smith's first interview took place between 10.30 p.m. and 4.30 a.m. It was a six-hour interview. I never met the guy in my life. job 
in the backroom of football, cleaning the bolts, putting the cones out, academy manager, academy director, coach, reserve coach, first team coach. You know, he is, he is steeped in football experience and that gives him the key to his success, in my opinion, which is he's a person who's very consistent. He doesn't get too up on the highs, definitely doesn't get down on the lows. So what the players see is a guy who's consistent and calm and confident every day going about his work. And I think those are brilliant qualities for a manager. Yes. Yep. We touched on it briefly before speaking about Dean Smith, Christian, and, and it's obviously a very busy transfer window at the moment for Aston Villa and a myriad of other teams in the Premier League. What can you tell us at the moment, right now, in terms of potential players hopefully coming into Aston Villa? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> well, what I can tell you is that um, we have a plan, um, meaning we have been tracking, we had a plan basically for the last six months, two scenarios, Premier League and Championship. So under, under our excellent sporting director, Jesus Mittar, um, we have been um, monitoring target players in, in all key positions, maybe three or four options. And uh, part of the plan was to try and get as much of the business done as early as we could. Uh, we've done way more business than anyone else in professional football. We haven't slept a lot since Wembley, but I think we're in a pretty good shape. I think we now have actually the bones um, of a competitive squad and probably two or three more to do before uh, August the 8th and um, I'm not going to say anything more about who or what that might be. I think if you look at if you look at the common theme we, we've um, we're trying to fill out that 22 with two players in every position uh, complementary not necessarily duplicatory um, so that you know, players who are already with us see a, see a new sense of competition for their position that will lift performance um, and um, a nice mix. Again, I want to reassure people, you know, if you think about the team, the team that got promoted, the spine of that team, the heart of that team. I just sat today in a two-hour team meeting where the, where the players and the management and the coaches were sort of reviewing um, their culture, what it is, that, who they are, who they want to be what they think the key lessons from last season are. And, you know, the spine of that team, um, now that we've converted some of the loans, is intact. So what we're doing, we're adding, we're not building a new team, we're adding a significant number of new players into a, into a, into a team and a squad that has a very set way of playing, and um, we think that's the best way to go. And um, yes. yeah, we're very excited about it. I think one of the things that, that struck me um, was the level of ambition when I was watching Villa train the other day. Spoke to Dean Smith, spoke to Jack Grealish, and they both said that a lot of people have already started comparing Aston Villa coming back into the Premier League with Fulham. But what struck me more than anything was speaking to Jack Grealish in particular, and he said, no, we're Aston Villa. That's simply what we do. So, 
with, with that in mind, what are the realistic aims and goals for this particular season back in the Premier League? Well, that is a lazy comparison, but it's, it's an easy comparison to make because, to be fair, um, when Fulham came up a year ago, um, you know, they, they, like us, very similar, there were some parallels. They had a fantastic end of season run, shot through um, and, and, and got up. Um, and I'm sure if we were sitting with Fulham a year ago, they said what I'm about to say, which is that, you know, it's an entirely different level. Um, the level of quality of player needed to be competitive in the Premier League is much higher. If you've got the financial resources available and you can target better players to fill out that squad, then that's the right thing to do. And I'm not here to, to criticise Fulham. I think it's fantastic that they were lucky enough to have similar ownership that were highly ambitious when that club got promoted. It just didn't work out. And sports like that. There are no guarantees. It might not work out for us. But there are differences. As I say, we have, we have um, probably the five of the first six players we bought in either were with us last year or with Dean Smith at Brentford before they came here. So these are players that are known and have been watched and tracked. It's not collector football, it's highly strategic. Um, and I think that will stand us in good stead. And on your point about ambition, um, Dean thinks you should win every game of football. He plays to win. That's what attractive football's about. He thinks if they score three, we'll score four. And it can make for some quite exciting viewing. But he does not start again. Uh, be, be ready, guys. I don't see. He's not the guy who says, "Oh my God, you know, we're away at Man City. Let's see if we can get out of here with a nil-nil." He doesn't play that way. So, good. I actually like that. There are people who don't. <laughs> but, um, so, but we, we, so every game is played to win. Humanity over the season. Our ambition is to is to surprise people. Outside of this room, outside of Villa Park, outside the city of Birmingham, then there will be people who don't follow these things closely and we're just another promoted team. Promoted team struggle and most of them go straight back down. No one in this room, at least of all me, Dean Smith, believe that is the case. I could not be more confident in the team that's coming up. Yes. I think we're going to have a fantastic season and we're going to, I want the whole of British football to be saying, how good to see Villa back where they really should be. Yeah. And if you don't, it won't be Villa back to try. I want to give you guys some credit as well because uh, I've been told as well that over the last seven years in the annual meetup, uh, the Aston Villa annual meetup, over $28,000 have been raised for ACORS. How much of a role will these guys play next season? Well, as I said earlier, for me, um, for me settling into Villa Park this season, um, it was awe-inspiring uh, to see and hear the support, uh, both home and, by the way, uh, and away. Away was terrific because there aren't many areas in which the championship is better than the Premier League, but the fact that you're allowed to take 5,000 away fans, not three, and in some grounds, that meant we had half the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> um, and by the way, there were grounds where we were a quarter of the stadium, but we were the only fans we could hear. So, um, honestly, it was awe-inspiring. 
and made me so proud to sit there and hear and see our fans. Uh, there was some phenomenal, um, just some, I mean, let me, let me just kind of free flow here. Uh, <laughs> Grealish bullet header, Birmingham at home. Sheffield Wednesday away, yes. two goals in injury time, 3-1. Rotherham away, one of the greatest goals I've ever seen in my life. Um, uh, so then, yeah, those are moments, and then, and then just unbelievable performances. So Derby away, 3-0, Derby home, 4-0, the volley. Uh, Middlesbrough away was unbelievable. Anybody there that day? Three. What a performance! And then, and then, you know, I think we were three up in two up in ten minutes at home. Um, so there were a lot. Nottingham Forest away, one down in a couple of minutes, and then we absolutely killed them. Um, yeah. So there were loads of moments um, where where we saw that, and I think this season. Um, if Nicola's here, she'd probably confirm. So we're we're through 30,000 season tickets for the first time in our history. Which is amazing. For the first time in our history, we've created a waiting list for season tickets. Would you believe 7,000 people are on it? I mean, this this is more. You know, I don't like talking about before September the third, but. Chelsea didn't have anybody on the waiting list. 23,000 season tickets, no waiting list. 30 and 7. So, you know, lest anybody have any doubt, that is an astonishing level of support. And I think it's, it's growing all the time. And just finally, before we let you go, I really appreciate your time today, by the way. Um, obviously, this seems to be working out very much. Villa playing in the United States. There are raucous fan bases all across the country. What's the long-term aim for Villa in the US, and could we likely see something like this again? Yes. <laughs> well, look, this, this, um, this match and this um, pre-season tour was conceived, um, ironically, you know, at probably a relatively low moment last year. We had a tough run in January and February. Um, and I felt very strongly that, um, something I said earlier, we can't be deviated from our long-term plan here. Football is sport. Sport in the short run is results. Results can never be guaranteed. But a strategy is just that. It's something more long-term. And so our strategy was to get Villa back to its natural position as a world-famous global English football club. And part of doing that is the club travelling abroad and enabling its fans who can't get to Villa Park because they moved abroad, lived abroad, or always lived abroad, to have the opportunity to see their heroes live. So in some senses, a little bit ahead of schedule, I was saying, I want to get Villa, let's, we mapped it. We mapped where are, our, where are our overseas fans based. Most of them were in North America, although we're well represented around the globe. To, let's try and find a way. Yeah, we're in the championship. Yeah, we haven't got a pot to piss in. Yeah, we haven't got a pot Let's try and find a way to get to America. Because that will tell our fans that, that, that we are committed to the strategy. 
getting our club back where it belongs, and, 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 and that's, that's that. So the fact that we come here now, back in the Premier League, uh, with you know, some fantastic new signings, great players at the club committing their futures, um, you know, it, it's just fortuitous, because um, we could have been here still in the championship, and this is what I love about our club. It wouldn't have made any difference to the turnout today. That's what I love. So let's enjoy. Let's enjoy the fact we're a little bit ahead of schedule, a little bit ahead of expectations. But next time we come here, we'll be playing in the Champions Cup alongside Big City because they want us. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together.